Cattles podcast, we break things down to the very last compound. My name is Summit, aka the Potty Mouth of the South. And my name is Chris Mitchell, aka the Actual Factual. Boy, have we got a surprise for you. This is a. I ain't saying nothing. Nothing. This is an incredible episode. <laughs> yeah, we. we nothing. We got there in the end. Listen, this is someone that I said off air and on that we thoroughly respect. A real spitter. Someone that kind of resonates with us in terms of his content and also as as a leader in what he does, not only as an entrepreneur, but also in the culture, speaks his mind and is not afraid to speak his mind, which we also adore. And he will slap you if necessary. Right, but that's because of the experiences he's been through, the all his life experience and everything he's gone through, he understands mm-hmm. so much. And so we were honoured and pleased enough to have that perspective, right? So we had a bunch, a bunch of music questions, but there was a whole chunk of this episode that was dedicated to what's going on and the realities of what's going on in the culture. And, and that's what we do. And, and that's, that's what we do. And we're, we have to be a, like, like he, like, like Sai said about people speaking out, we have, to, we have a responsibility of some sort to speak out on those things and not just hide behind it because it's not cool or trendy. Um, so now this is, this is excellent, man. I don't want to talk too much. I just want to get into the episode because Sai gave us some, he gave us some game. He gave us some knowledge, he gave us some, some jewels, gen- some jewels, science. What? Um, Rubies, he made me cubic buy- zirconias. I've gone and bought the, I've gone and bought his book. It's coming tomorrow. It's a, it's an nice. like Amazon prime thing. Um, and I'm not gonna say what else he gave us. I'll just, let, I'll let you listen and see if you, uh, you figure it out, but well, you know, world exclusive, bruv. Yeah, that's. That's deep. That's deep, Chris. That's deep. Now I'm. I'm so glad we got to make this happen. Go on. No, I, I was. Gonna, I was going to say something, but I will. Um, I will opt out on this occasion. You. You will refrain. Yeah. Are you indemnified against that? In, in perpetuity. In perpetuity. No, I'm going to hold restraint. Does that make sense? What I just said. I will hold restraint. No, it don't. I'll show restraint. Well, you went to school, though, didn't it? Yeah, I did. I went to um, college and university. Bro. Excellent. Excellent. But this is Saigon Breaking Atoms podcast. Check it out. It's another special episode of the Breaking Atoms podcast. Today, we have a real spitter, a real lyricist. We love these episodes because it can get real deep and break things down to the very last compound. We have the yard father himself, Saigon, is in the building. What's good, Saigon? What's up? What's up, y'all? How y'all feeling, man? How y'all feeling out there, man? Uh, we're all right. It's dark. It's dingy. It's cold. It's locked down. Yeah, man. It's- <laughs> a lot of the world, a lot of shit going on in the world. You know what I mean? You know, it could be worse. Could be worse. True. You know what Absolutely. Now we appreciate your time. Like I said, just off air, we you know we 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 are someone we respect. We someone we we know come correct when it comes to this rap and 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 lyrics. And we we salute you for that. You got a part of me with messing. I'm not used to having these little locks and shit on my hand. So this is something. New. Yeah, it's something new to me. Uh, yeah, I, I be fucking with my hair all day. I'm not used. <laughs> <laughs> it's all it's yeah, all it's good. Something. Look, my- this is quarantine locks, bro. You know. Ever since the, ever since we've been locked in the house, I haven't you know I'm too scared to go to barber. Now look at now I'm damn near Jamaican. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking like a young Jamaican out this motherfucker. It's all good. I see you still got the jewelry on in the house though, so you know not too yeah, much you know, has changed. You know you gotta try because you know I'm because I'm, I'm doing this. I wouldn't be wearing this shit if I wasn't doing this shit. <laughs> got you. I got you. I appreciate. We appreciate yeah, you, it. You, That's cool. you still hip hop all the time, even at home. You just hip hop. Like I got an interview. Yeah, I'm, I got, yeah, I'm putting man, the Cuban links. Know, actually, look, man, I got Mike. I was I was recording right now. I was fucking. I was recording some fire shit too. I, matter of fact. Okay. Oh, okay. I'm so I'm so I'm sorry. Gonna he gonna be mad at me. Who produced Who produced that? Jalil Beats. Oh wow! Okay. 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 So you're 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 cooking. The kitchen is open. All right. Jesus. Okay. All right. The flex. The flex. That's about to be a killer, right? That's there. Got, you got the sauce, man. You got the sauce right there, my brother. You got the sauce, my brother. I, I, I let, let's start. Let's start with independence, right? Let's start with independence and ownership. 
this is something that you're very big on. You're writing a book as well. Talk to us about how important that is in this day and age and, and how you've always been in your entire career. You've you've always been on your own. Yeah, see, they wrote a book. Right, right. So, all right, so let's start with this then. What's the similarities and differences between writing a book and writing your raps? Um, The words got to rhyme when you rap. <laughs> the words got to rhyme, but I'm a storyteller. You know what I'm saying? So... I didn't know, I didn't know I had the, 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 you know, I could even write a book until somebody just broke it down and was like, bro, you, you write little, you write little books when you're rhymes. Those are just baby little short books. So, and plus it's my life story and I know how to tell a story. So to tell my life story and write it down, it's, it's an autobiography. So it was pretty simple. You know what I mean? Writing a rhyme, even though my rhymes are audio back, a lot of them about me. Sometimes I go outside of just me when I'm doing music. And it's creative writing. So I could be writing about something I've seen or somebody, something else or writing about just the state of the world. This my first book is an autobiography. I'm sure as I write more, there'll be more, more correlations between writing, you know, writing like fiction, fictional shit and writing rhymes. But this one was just, you know, I use my writing style the way I write rhymes when I wrote the book. So people who read it, like, I can hear you saying it like it's, you know, so it's pretty cool. And and ownership. Ownership is something that, you know, you've had your ups and downs of labels, but you've always been your own person. You always stand on your own too. You've always stood your own too on, on songs with other people. Ownership and, and independence is very important to you. And doing the distribution deal with Strange Music also, you know, kind of makes sense. But how important is it and how, how wonderful does it feel to be an independent author and independent artist in, in this day and age where everyone is talking about your masters, get your masters, you know, get your publishing. You were already on that road anyway. I started on that road. You gotta understand, like, I, I never wanted, right. wanted to sign to a major label. I was just broke, you know what I'm saying? I was broke and the independent shit, like I had, a, I had a friend who had drug money who was funding Abandoned Nation records. Like when we did Say Yes and those first records and Contraband, like those was records we was paying for, I was funding and we had Abandoned Nation, we started the label. We didn't went and did everything. This is year 2000, this was kind of early. so. Uh, you know, I, I kept getting in trouble. I was in the street shit, fucking around, getting arrested a lot. So homie was like, my man, like, I can't afford to be putting all this money and you going back to prison and I lose all my money. So he just was like, you know, take it, take, take all the label, take it and, and take the music we did so far and do what you can do with it. No hard feelings and, you know, God bless and good luck. And that's when I started, that's when I started to even after that, I still was trying to do the independent, but I ran out. Of, I ran out of resources. I ain't had the money I needed, so I had to just um, take it. And I was getting offered major label deals. So I had to. I had to take the deal, and that's why I went into the label still with a kind of attitude. Like that's why the label should never worked out from day one, because I still had an attitude. I was thinking like an independent artist. I wasn't thinking like y'all gonna make me change my sound. I'm not doing songs with these motherfuckers. I'm not doing because Atlantic Records gives you songs, bro. And just say, just add the verse. Like a lot of them big records that Lupe had and B.O.B. had and all them niggas had, the song was already there. And they, and they just, you know, here's the here's the record. You just add your part and it's your record. You know what I mean? So I didn't I didn't want to go. I was like, nah, bro, I want to. That's not what I want to do. In hindsight, I probably should have played the game first and got my foot further in the door before I started. You know what I'm saying? and established myself a little more and then fought to get out. I was fighting to get out from the jump, you know what I mean? So, But, but sometimes to trailblaze, you got to learn so that people then can learn from your mistakes or you can learn. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's hard. Yeah, it, it, yeah it, was, it was learning curve. It was learning, everything's a lesson, bro. It was a learning curve. Yeah, it's it's so hard when you're, and, and that time as well, at that time, it wasn't the thing to do what you were doing, right? What you were doing, what Lupe did, it wasn't the thing. Now it would be lauded as like, you're so brave back then. It's like, you're crazy. Lupe was Lupe was independent as well. They had a label called First and 15th. We had a similar situation. Lupe's a friend of mine. He had a guy who had money from the street, a guy named Chill, who was funding all of that shit. And they had First and 15th label. And then he got locked up. You know what I'm saying? He got a, we caught a big kingpin charge. And then Lupe had to go get a record deal. So our, our stories are similar. You know mm. what I'm saying? Mm. So he was on that independent. Like a, a few of us was, man, like thinking independently. Because, you know, we I had seen what, what every artist. There's no way every fucking artist complains about a label. Every single one. 
You tell me there's not one nigga that's happy with the label situation. <laughs> Fucking baby suit lane. That, that goes, and that's the thing he calls his daddy. You know what I'm saying? So that goes to show you when money comes, shit gets, shit gets, you know, get, get, get funny. But the money make it funny. So, you know, I, I didn't want to have to go. I didn't want to have to learn from other people's mistakes. So, yeah. Um, like, yeah, even me and Pat, we got caught. There's a lot of us. We got graph. I would say graph, me, Papoose. Um, Real spitters, real lyricists, you know, we got caught up in a time when the game shifted and like the South just took the game and ran with it and with the ringtones because they started the same way TikTok, they market music with TikTok now is what ringtones was when we was coming up. Ringtones was like, so they only cared about when, what song played when your phone rang. So it wasn't about your lyrics. It wasn't about nothing. It was about, so they got low, 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 low. And that shit, and we thought that lean with it, rock with it, lean. We thought that was going shit was gonna be a phase, and that shit never went away. And it just grew and grew, and the more it grew, the more we got diminished. And what happened in New York is that if you sounded like New York, if you sounded boom bap or like like traditional hip hop, you could, it was hard to get on the radio in New York. So so New York artists started to try to sound like that shit to just to try to get on the radio. Cause everybody was caring about radio. They didn't really understand the internet at the time. So motherfuckers started just trying to sound like, uh, um, sound like, um, you know, down South. And it was, it was an artist who was a friend of mine and a genius, smart, smart guy. And everybody laughed at him, called him a one hit wonder, but he made millions of dollars making a mockery out of what was going on. It was a guy named Mims. He made a song called, this is why I'm hot. Yeah. I this remember. You remember that song? Yeah. Mm -hmm, so he, mm -hmm. he, Mims could really rap. Like Mims could rap, rap, rap. And but he was like, "Watch, I'm, I'm gonna show you how how fucked up the game is." If you listen to the song, he says, "This, this is why I'm hot. I ain't got a rap. rap. I can yeah. make a mill saying nothing on the track." <laughs> you know what I'm And and he did. He made a couple million. Yeah. It's real. It's real. It's real. I, re I remember. I remember those days. Actually, it's coming back. No, to I remember. You now. I, 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 I started yeah. as a blogger, right? So I started my thing in in music was I, I, I came through the blog era, so I saw that shift, um, and I do remember people trying to sound in a certain way because you got to think about it, there's a financial implication too. Radio was a big thing for a lot of traditional artists. Radio was everything, especially if you signed to a record company. All they care about is radio. Spins and that's how they make their money back. So they they need songs that sound sonically. It's to the point they started telling us the song can't be longer than four minutes. I'm like, what? The fuck? Like, so you you just gonna stifle my creativity? What I, what if I want to make a seven minute song? You telling me I can't because you know, it, it it don't fit radio format. So it's like. So then it was like, just make us the radio songs and then you can do whatever the fuck you want on the other songs. And I'm like, but that's not going to be the representation of who I am. The shit you're going to put on the radio is how people going to view me. So that's the shit I want to be viewed as me. So put this on the radio. Pain in my life, put that on the radio. Trey Songs is on it. Clap. Faith, Faith Evans is on it. Put that on the radio because I'm saying something positive. I'm saying something that the kids need to hear. I'm saying some adults need to hear. I'm saying some white, black, green, because it's something that's beneficial to anybody with a half a brain, man. And it's saying, look, let's use this music for what, it's, what we can use it for. Not just commerce, not to just sell fucking material items. There's so much power in this hip hop shit. And we don't even, we haven't tapped into nowhere the power of hip hop yet. Not even close. We sitting there making dumbass challenges and twerking and getting low and still doing that dumb shit and doing this. Yo, look, money. I got more money. I'm making money. I'm making money. Money phones so and shit. What? Yeah, like, money phones and shit like that. Like that. Yeah. What else? Yeah. What else? What else is there? And you know? Yeah. It's good like point. ever since all about the Benjamins, it hasn't stopped. And that was 20 years ago. Good point. Good point. More than 20 years ago now. Yeah. The 97. 97. Yeah. Yeah. 97, shoot. Damn, 95, man. Wow, 97. wow. More than 20 years. 23 years. And we still, we still on this good point. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Good point. Let's, let's get into your business a bit, this guy took me from going down the wrong, wrong path. I was where I was going to be one of those kids that ended up dead or in prison for the rest of my life. 
and he and he let me he let me he showed me how to tap into my potential and how to and how to um really conduct myself as a man and carry myself as a man and not a boy and he was only 19 years old you know what I'm saying he was a teenager but he was just his mind was just on some other shit his mind was just next level and and um uh, he um you know Shab Shab was just a special individual. I've never met a person who knows Sharif, who, who's had anything negative, anything remotely close to negative to say about him. Every time you hear somebody speak about him, which it's it's not only just saying he's a great guy; it's just they speak very highly of him. So you know, he he, he everything. There's no there's no Saigon without me meeting him. There's no there's even there's not even a a, a, a me taking care of my kids the way I, the way I'm, I am with my children. I learned all that from watching him, you know what I'm saying? And, 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 and he was, he was, he was, he was my, my biggest influence in life. Mm. Wow. Yeah. I feel that. I feel that. Yeah. yeah. I miss him, man. And he got, he got killed trying to protect somebody. Yeah. I, I, read, I read the story. To... Rest in peace to Sharif Clayton. Yeah. He got, yeah, he, got he got killed trying to, trying to protect somebody else. And that's, that's how he, he died, how he lived. You know what I'm saying? died out lived because it, it, he could have walked away and known somebody else was going to get killed but he, he tried to prevent it and then you know got out of hand you know what i'm saying yeah. rest in peace rest in peace to sharif clayton I, I watched an interview right. of yours you were talking about the resurrection class in in jail oh yeah resurrection yeah yeah you're talking five hours you're talking about right, the yeah, resurrection sharif. class what what kind of stuff do you cover in the resurrection class, it was really intriguing to me. Like, what, what was what was the resurrection it's about, curriculum? Um, it's in the book. It's, I don't want to give a lot of it away because it's in the book. Okay. But it's five R's. It's five R's. It's really about you know when when you're a person that made the mistakes in life is 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 holding yourself responsible. You know what I'm saying? It's it's and it's it goes from holding yourself responsible to redemption to redeeming yourself. You know to recovering to to. Um, you know, repairing all the damage you caused to to your neighborhood, whether whether you was a gangster, a drug dealer, you gotta right your wrongs in life. So even if you did wrong, a lot of these rappers who were selling drugs, they get on they get on music and promote it, and oh, it's almost worse than when you were selling it because now you you making twenty thousand kids think this shit is okay. Tens of thousands of kids is like. Fucking, I'm about to go whip whip up some work and get get on and get some and get and get popping, like like this rapper or that rapper. Instead of de instead of denouncing it, we were killing our own community. We were selling that shit to each other. That's almost that would almost be like rapping about I'm a nigga that was had AIDS and I was giving it to mad girls and I and I you know and I start rapping bragging about it. like I gave Keisha AIDS and Melody AIDS. Like that shit is ass backwards, Mungie. So when you look at all of this shit, how we glorify this shit, us killing ourselves, it, it kind of don't make no sense. And, and then when somebody speak up against it, it's like, oh, nobody want to hear that, 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 no real shit. Nobody want to hear the truth. People just don't like the truth, man. We rather we rather look at Megan Thee Stallion's ass and twerk, or look at one of these girls play with their titties. It, you know, we we live in an overtly sexual society. Where that 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 shit matters more than morals and principles and and anything, man. Like, and it's it's changing so fast and so rapidly, and social media is fucking us up at such a fast pace. We don't even know what the outcome. We don't even know long term's effect of this. True, shit, man. yeah. You got girls, you got young women, women who put these filters on their face and shit, and then they start to feel like I can I can look. This is how I look, but it's not how you look. But you start to believe this is how you look because of them likes and the comments and the heart emojis, and then it psychologically fucks you up because when you when you really don't look like that, and you go outside, you got to run in that phone and try to get acceptance and and go, oh shit, I need a new filter, I need to, and and it's got it got to have some kind of psychological effect. It's detrimental, bro. It has to. I knew this was gonna happen. We were gonna get the uh, the greatest story never told in podcast form. I knew it. Yeah. <laughs> I knew it. Do you know, yeah. like, like, si, I think, I think you make a really the the point about the social. We've discussed that at length on this podcast before. We had a whole episode dedicated to it. But I think the point about how we almost normalize how and glorify how black people are killing other black people and how it's okay. And me and Chris have had conversations. Mm -hmm. 
don't know so, if we've had it on Kid, but we've definitely had this about how, you know, people in this space, in the space we're in, in podcast form, they will love a mob deep song when they talk about killing each other or killing their enemies, but they won't glo- they won't necessarily heighten or emphasize the good things or anything else. It's like we I know as a society we're very much drawn to to negativity, but this is some real this is real street shit that happens this is what people die over it's not something to be like oh that was a hot lyric mm. like oh yo Raekwon said this and go this is real like like the amount of young black people we, we lose every single week across the world it's complete it don't even make sense it don't even make it up yo when I was growing up man rappers didn't get shot every week and die every week man that shit because it was unheard of it was, it was unheard of and now we just we, we do the R.I.P. And, and the tweets and things like that but like and then, the, and then we wait for the next mm, one to go right and it's like we're expecting and it, that has such psychological trauma to we're people we're so desensitized to that shit now at this point we're so desensitized it's almost like it could be anybody it could be me it'd be oh shit Saigon got killed oh shit that's fucked up Oh, now we love them. They're gonna love me for two days. People gonna post me for two days, and then it's back to normal. It's my it it, it drives it drives me insane because I can't fathom what it must feel like to be a black person to see other people who, you know, we we talk about representation. So we want people on film and TV and radio because we want to look and see. Oh, they can do the same thing. But the reverse happens too. When they're dying, it affects you in this in a in that way too. You're seeing your people, your brethren you know, brothers and sisters pass away. That has to have some, so much trauma. But we, as fans, or someone like me, or someone who is a white skin of me, or doesn't understand rap music as much, we hide behind and go, I just rap. We we can go back into living in our place. But that's so much effect on the culture. And I think it's such an important point to make. And I don't know if I've made that point very clear, but I'm just... You know what's happening? You know what's happening? The people who got the power ain't saying nothing about it. Like the, the the powerful people in this business, the the Jay Zs and the DJ Khaleds and the Puffies and the Eminems, and and those guys, they gotta be the ones to tell. These are the ones the young kids look up to. They gotta be the ones to tell these kids to stop this shit, bro. They gotta start making PSAs, songs. They gotta be the ones. They can't be silent on this shit, bro. They too silent. It's way too silent, man. These guys are pout. You so influenced you. You could tell niggas what to drink, what kind of alcohol to drink, what kind of clothes is cool, what kind of jewelry to wear, what kind of car to wear. Then you could tell these niggas to stop killing each other, bro. Yeah, because we we spoke, we had this conversation with Jay Prince about leadership in the community, right? And how, how yeah. like we growing up, right? So we, you know, I grew up from a piss poor background, right? I could only choose one magazine when I went to the store a month. It was a wrestling magazine and a rap magazine. Sometimes I choose the source. Sometimes I choose WWF, right? It just, it was one of those things. But you live in an environment where, you know, you're under these certain conditions. But at least we had some leadership. At least we had people going, hey, don't do that. Or we're going to help you here. And I was, I was, I was. Yeah, that's what. At least we had, it was some sort of structure to the point of going, now leave him alone. He's going to go to college, right? Village mentality. Right. Raise each other. Right. And, and I was fortunate enough to go around people who were older than me. I always grew up around people who were older than me. Even the people that were called my friends were still four or five years older than me. Right. They went to jail. Mm -hmm. They did armed robbery, but I was the one to keep him out. Keep Summit out. He's not, he is not coming to, when we're going to go and bust um, a, a store, he stays home, right? And yeah. that may, allowed me, like, in we have estates, right? So we call we call it estates, you call it projects. We lived in an estate. Yeah. I think there was only me and yeah. one other person in our kind of vicinity of the estate, that kind of group that went to university. Me and one other person. That's it. That, and, and that's sad. Yo, I got I got mad cousins, and I was talking to my other cousin the, the other day because my mother got nine sisters. They all had kids, and I was like, "Yo, you realize, man? Only fucking I could out of like twenty five cousins, I could count on one hand the ones that graduated high school. Twenty five cousins. They graduated high school, bro. Wow. Yeah, man. Everybody dropped out, and then I I could count more that that dropped out of high school. I can count more that went to prison. Then, then, then graduated high school. And he's like, damn, this shit is fucked up. Like, this is a fucked up stat, and it's real. And I'm only one person, and that's everybody. And, like, most people who come from where we come from, that's most of our story. You know what I'm saying? And and, and, and this beautiful culture, the thing about it is hip-hop could shift that shit in a whole different direction if we used it for that. Because we got enough power now. 
We don't need them. We don't need them labels no more. We don't need none of that shit. We don't need Warner Brothers. We don't need MTV. We don't need none of that shit no more. We got everything we need. It's the same thing with NBA. We got any everything we need. We don't need the fucking NBA no more. We don't even need the, the, that league. We can start our own league. Mm. NFL, everything, bro. We got everything we need. We, all they do is use our influence to make the money, and we don't. And they give one person all the money and be like, "Fuck the community," because that person ain't gonna go bring the money back to the community, and they know that. So if you're not channeling, the, if you're not channeling the money and making it flow through your community, then you just one guy sitting up there with a bunch of money, like a Floyd Mayweather ass nigga, going, "Look, I'm richer than all you other niggas. That's it." I'm richer than y'all niggas. We know, motherfucker. We know. You told us day, the day before that. You told us last month. You told us two years ago. We, we get it. You got more money than all of us. Yeah, you call the money team. You call the money team. We get yeah, it. We, now, get now it. What? we understand. Now what? Now what? Now what? Now what are you doing? Now what? What are, what are you going to remember you for? If you died, God, God forbid. But if you died tomorrow, what you would you want to say? The nigga had money. Fuck. That's it. Legacy. Yeah, legacy. he had money. Yeah. He had mad money though. Yeah. Can we um can we get to the music just for a moment? Now I have a I have a very soft spot in my heart for one of your good friends and collaborators, Saigon. Marsha Ambrosius. Yeah. I love queen. her. I love listen, listen queen, yeah. queen. I'm a married man, but I love Marsha. I love yeah, her that's voice. My, that's my that's a little sister. That's my baby girl right there. You guys have never missed. Talk about that that chemistry. And I want to pitch an idea before you answer. A best of both worlds, Saigon and Marsha Ambrosius would be out of I here. I wish, man. I wish. I wish. You know? I wish. She's a star, man. She's a superstar. But she always look out. That's why, you know, I tap in every now and then. I don't want to be a person. because She never says, she's never going to say no. It's funny because I just did an uh, interview with her brother. Her brother has like a, a fitness yeah, I, I spoke to Marvin about 18 months ago. He was on another podcast. Yeah, yeah he looks just like yeah, her. It was so, mad. So Marvin, yeah, so Marvin and, and me was talking about Marsha. And and I was like, yo, you know, your sister's never told me no, like when I asked for a favor. And he's like, she never will either. That's just how she is. So I don't want to be one of those people who's like, for real? Let me ask for a tip for a million favors. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And plus, you know, she's like my little sister. I love, I know her for, since, since I started. She used to always be around the studio working with Just Blaze and working on hooks and shit with Just and with Dre when they was doing game shit, when they was doing um, Why You Hate the Game. That's when I met her. You know what I'm saying? It's a long ago. Yeah, you guys have a really, really good chemistry. I love I love the game changer, how you tell the story about yeah, her that. Voice. Yeah, about, about my whole career, how it went. Yeah, Real quick. yeah, it was dope. Yeah. It was dope. It was dope. Sticking with the songs, though, one of my favorites from you is Get Busy. I'm a Nintendo guy. Love Mario. Really? Why on earth <laughs> did that song not end up I on an like album? That. I don't because I was just fucking around one day and my man Kanai was like, yo, I'm doing this concept where I'm just I just got niggas rapping over video game beats and I and I want to send you, I was like, send me, send me like I had a um Donkey Kong Brothers beat. It, it was like bad he beats he flipped. He's just a genius. He did game changer, matter of fact. He's yes, he like did. Yeah, guy. yeah. So Kanai sent me the beat, and um, and and I just I was like, damn, what if I told a story about Mario? He was a real drug dealer, but I used all the cadences from the game, you know, man. And and, and that's why I said I used to warp uptown to see Mario. You know, you warp like <laughs> yeah, yeah, go yeah. through the tunnel. Yeah, like I used to warp uptown to see Mario, nigga. So young, plunk and young, young Harry up. Shout to Harry up. Just got out. Yeah, got part. Yeah, yeah. Send me um send me that song. Send that song to Summit on email. I would I would appreciate it. Okay, I got you. Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be great. Well um well that'd be great. Um wh- wh- where's these unreleased songs with Kanye, man? Where are they? What's going on? Um There's a bunch of them, man. There's a bunch of them. Put them they, they might come out this year. Please do. Put I'm just releasing music. I got a new project coming out. Um me and K Slade did a new tape. Nice. It comes out March. I'm probably gonna drop it March because it's just I'm just now Wrapped it, wrapped it. I want to give time to promote it. I don't want to just throw it out. So I want at least February to really promote it, start putting out videos for it. Because this one, I like this shit right here, had seven songs on it. Yeah. Six, six songs really in the skit. Because the song with my daughter was a skit. We just did that shit playing around. I just liked the way it came out. So I shot the little video. So that's why I, that's why it's only a minute long. It's just like an interlude with my daughter, the promise ring thing. But 
Like this shit got 19 on it. <laughs> album mode. It's 19. Yeah, it's 19 on this one. I like that. Nah, I gotta give him some. Cause I got like a I got like 150, 160 songs people never heard. So I'm like, I gotta I could give them. I can cause strange, strange don't want to do it. They like fuck that. Give them a little bit at a time. I'm like. After this, then I'll go back to the little bit. But I gotta load them up or at least one. I think I think they I don't think Kate I don't think the drama king will accept anything less than nineteen songs because you listen to his mix. There's loads of stuff on a on a K Slay album, so he need he needs but even, that. Even Slay doing the shorter ones now. His, his later ones been short. His album's been short. But you know I, I I don't care, man. I want people. I want and I'm pressing up CDs. I want people. This is like this is a. This is a Saigon. This is a Saigon team, and it, and it got something for everybody on it. Like, I didn't just go in the save the children mode. I was like, fuck it, let me rap and talk shit and and brag a dose. Let niggas know I got flows. I got you know what I mean. I got I got creativity. Cause people forget, you know, people. I don't put out a lot of music. I, don't, I never did. No, I never. I don't put out like out of all my career. I probably have official mixtapes that I put out five. Or six, you know what I mean? In 20 years, you know what I'm saying? Niggas do that shit now in six months. You know what I mean? <laughs> true, true. People people, are fickle. I saw a picture of uh, of you, Buckwild, Just Blaze in his house. Um, yeah. We, we can talk about Just Blaze in the music, but what I really want to touch upon is I I know Just a little bit. Not obviously like you, but I know Just a little bit. Just is, he gave himself the AKA of Dr. Phil of the Nightlife. So I remember seeing Just in New York. Chris has heard the story a bunch of times, so I'm not going to That's why I'm, I'm, I'm listening to you talk about I know Just a little bit. You mentioned him on every episode, bro. Yeah, you know Just Blaze. It's okay. Just is, no, but I don't know him as much as, say, Saigon would, right? True. So I'm not going to, I'm not, okay. I'm never going to claim that. But Just Take is... the funk. Right. So Just gave me relationship advice while talking to Shaheem the Rugged Child at Sutra in New York at 2.30 in the morning. And I'm with my guy who's known Just like 10 years and Just has given me relationship advice that worked. And my man said to me, yo, I've known Just for 10 years. He's never given me any advice. So what I really wanted to speak about, rather than the music, because we know and love Just Blaze, let's talk about the genius of Just Blaze outside of music. Because he's a very kind-hearted, warm-hearted individual. And I want to make sure that that gets flagged because he's someone that we should protect at all costs. Mom. That's because of moms, yeah. Our mother. I say our mother because that's like my brother. And his mom treats me like a son, so... His mom's his mom's plays no games, you know what I'm saying? She's she's a disciplinarian. Like they from Patterson, they from a very very rough neighborhood, and I, and his mother was a principal at a school at a high school, so she had to be tough. So she's a no no nonsense kind of woman, and they grew up he grew up around music his whole life. Just just been like fucking with music since he could walk and talk, you know what I'm saying? Like and uh he, yeah, like you said, he's a kind hearted. He's he give you the fucking shirt off his back yeah he don't care about fame he don't give a fuck about being famous or, or recognized when he's out like people recognize him and they he'll humble he'll stop and take a picture with anybody he's just he's just an amazing human being if you got a problem with just you're the one you're the one you know stre- stressing the issue it ain't gonna be him yeah 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 he's gonna try to alleviate it he's gonna try to alleviate it and, and go take the high route so if you got a problem to the point where you got you feel like you need to do something to just blaze, come do it to me. Cause I I I embrace that. I'm all, I'm all for it's it. Just blaze, bro. You don't fuck with just blaze. I'm telling you, bro. I'm te- he's he's the he genuinely. I'm not. This is the last time I'm saying it now. Genuinely, such an incredible guy. That's the motherfucker. He's a good man, man. He's a great man. Great man. Great father. Great husband. Got a wife and wife and kid. You know, man. Take care of his home. Take care of his family. He's a great guy. Absolutely. I heard a rumor though, Saigon, that you were supposed to be on the minstrel show with little brother. I heard you recorded a verse. Um, and it didn't end up on the album. Is this true? And can you give us some background on the story? Because you you were you were all on Atlantic I at think, the time. Um I don't know if, I don't know if it was the minstrel show. Um but I did do a verse and for for, for Ninth Wonder. And he used it on Joe Scudder. He had an artist named Joe Scudder. Saved. So, saved. Yeah, that's where the verse ended up going. Okay. But and, and um, I don't think if we. I never. I never was. I don't think. I don't never remember really supposedly being on a minstrel show. The minstrel show. I don't. I never. Nah. I don't. I don't. Nah. 
I only met those. I only met those guys a couple times. Like um, I knew Ninth a little bit. Ninth used to be in the studio, but far as like a uh, little brother, I met. I might have met them guys once or twice in my life. Okay. So the story I read on the forum was that you recorded a verse for them, and then Ninth Wonder took the verse and put it on Saved. But that's neither here or there. Yeah, that's. I, met- I, I didn't know it was he Ninth. I, if it was for them, I didn't know that because Ninth is okay. the one. Ninth is the one who asked me for the verse. Gotcha. That song you guys did together, though, Dreams, Oof, that's yeah. one of my favorites from you. Oof. Yeah. Yo. See, you, know, you know why I did Dreams? I'm going to tell you why I did that song. Tell me. Um, Because I had the Kanye West beat, the, the one game did Dreams, Dreams. So Kanye, I had that beat. I still got the the, the CD that that fucking beat was on. And... And uh, I was just taking too long to write to it, but I was I would write and bullshit. I'm like, I'm gonna get to it, 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 I'm gonna get to it. And then one day G Robertson called me, he was like, Yo, man, um that Kanye beat, you know, um Dre and them on it for for uh for, for um for games album and I knew how important that was. They you know, it was Dr. Dre and they asked respectfully and I and I was like, Yeah, give it to him, you know what I'm saying? Cause I'm bullshitting with it. I like the beat a lot, but you know, I don't think it's gonna be a. I didn't, and when I heard what he did to it, I was like, "Damn, glad he got it," because he murdered it way more than I, I. I wasn't even going in that direction. Like, he he bodied it. Like, that's one of my favorite game records. And so I was like, "Fuck it." Um, Ninth gave me a beat, and I heard the dream. So I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna do my own dream song now." Now I want to do it. You know what I'm saying? So so I went and I wrote dreams real quick. I did that shit like in the. 15, that song was never supposed to come out. It's not mixed. It's not. It never got a mix on it. Not even a rough mix. That shit went from. I just sent. I don't know how it ended up on. Um, uh, I probably sent it to him just as a filler, like yeah. Send it to Clinton Sparks when when we did that uh, Clinton Sparks mixtape. That's one of those songs. I hope the um the session files turn up somewhere. I love that oh, song. Oh, Jeff got everything, man. Just Blaze has done each man. There's only right, one so person. Think, there's only one people, one person in the world I've seen that's more like calculated than just, and that's Travis. Travis O'Gwen from Strange, Strange Music. Music is scary, meticulous. Like it's to the point where spook technology and these guys shit is like the military. Like you know, how <laughs> they walk and foul and shit like that. Like those guys run their shit like nothing i've ever seen in my life and and that makes sense that makes sense because of look how popular and how successful they've been sometimes you need that org- sometimes organization can make and break you you know so they've got the- yeah that's why i don't that's why i kind of don't be wanting to rock the boat because i'm a little bit more of a rebel with the rebel with it you know what i'm saying so they, they, they do everything meticulous and structured and i'm more of a fuck it fuck i ain't clearing no sample fuck it because <laughs> they let them come after me and they'd be like, no, we do, we're gonna do it the right way. So, you know, or they're gonna be like, well, it's it's on you. We're indemnified. We're just you, we're just your distributor. You anything you put out to us, you 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 have the permission, according to us, you took you have the permission to put it out. Let me you know let me just saying? say something, right? Saigon used a term that I regularly see in contracts called indemnified. They usually... Oh, no, no, no. I'm yo, scared of that word. Um, that word and perpetuity. Yeah, perpet- Keep it away from <laughs> me. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's Keep it away. Perpetuity like the rest of your life, nigga. Like, sunburn out. <laughs> to the sunburn out. We own your shit to the sunburn out, nigga. When the sun don't come up is when you get your shit back. <laughs> <laughs> oh... Now this oh, is a, man. it's a good conversation. Yeah. I ain't gonna lie. Yeah. This, is a, this is a real good conversation. Go on, Chris. I've got I've got a lot to think about tonight. Um, Saigon, I know yeah. you've mentioned on um, I think the song's called Shock TV. You say uh-huh. we don't need GEDs, we need DPCDs. Tell me about the impact of Dead Prez and Let's Get Free on your life and artistry. The, the impact of Dead Prez. See, I gonna I'll be fucking my book up, man. You got I got a lot of that shit is in my book, like. That prez was that prez was I was in prison when I heard police state. Wow. Okay. And there there was there was a uh, there was a, a, a documentary about some young kid from Washington D.C. that got locked up, and it was called Thug Life in D.C. And um, check it out if you get a chance. And they played a verse from Police State, which was that prez first single, and I shit blew my motherfucking mind. It was like the first time I heard rap. And I was like, yo, who the fuck was that? And I waited to hear that song like my whole life. 
And it's funny, as soon as I got out of prison, one day uh, I met Mark Ronson through another friend. And yeah, y'all get, I'm giving y'all too much book shit, man. I got to get the book. I can't give up everything. I'm giving you my word on the podcast. Go get the book, Pain, Peace, and Prosperity. And get the album that goes with the book. Because, you know, I stopped promoting the book until the album is ready. Because it goes, this is the name of the album too. So it comes like, you're better off buying them together. All right, I'm going to give you my word that I'll put, I'll put an order in tonight for the, for the yeah, book and the yeah, album. That's loud. I, I have a question and I think it's something that I've been saving I wanted to ask this question of someone who, who has the experience. Like, you know, in jail, right? Without glorifying it, how do you get hold of albums? Like, I understand, you know, I think it's tapes. But what's the hierarchy like in terms of getting the album into, into jail and passing the tapes around? Like, how does it work? There's so many different ways. Like, they, they have catalogs. Where, when, they, when they used to have record stores, they used to have, like, uh, these little catalogs where you could order the music. They used to call it Music by Mail where you could order the music, but it has to come from an actual store mm. for, it to, for it to get in. You can't like your boy could buy it and then mail it to you. So they would have to go to the store and have the store mail it to you. So that was one way. And another way is a lot of guys used to, the way the mixtapes used to get in was guys who got trailer visits, like with their wives. They would go down there and, and take the tape on the inside you know, the two tapes and put it in like a regular because you're allowed to bring your music to the to the trailer visit. So you take a clue tape and you put it inside a tape that says like NWA or a regular tape, but it's really a clue tape. They don't know the difference and shit. So that's how a lot of guys used to get the mixtapes and, and, and then know what was going on in like the streets and shit like that. Because we don't, you don't have access to that shit like that. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. Okay. No, thank, thank you for, thank you for answering that. And I've got one last question before we let you get back to recording what sounded like a crazy track mm-hmm. i got a lot of yeah it's a lot of heat over here I, I you know what it's funny i remember i saw you in london uh-huh. um a few years ago and you were playing some beats from dj corbett i never forget this amazing night. and i'm like where is dj corbett oh like, he's huge he's big he blew up he blew up now it's, it's hard to get him on the phone now he answers but you know he, he's been working with uh with, with, with hit boy a lot of those a lot of those a lot of those new albums that Hit Boy was doing, you know, I, I Corbett worked on all of them almost. From, okay. From, from so Benny's he's still album. Active. Oh yeah, he's he's more active than ever. Before I was like the biggest artist he ever he was working with. Now it's like I'm the smallest. <laughs> <You know what? laughs> it happens. It happens. But I, but I, but I'm happy. You know, I, I'm happy. I always try to help these guys. Like my man Miles Williams is another one. Who I met him, and you know he had some heat, and I just brought him right to Just Blaze, and was like, "Yo, Just, this nigga, you gotta help this kid somehow." And Just started working with him, and he ended up working on um, Beyonce Lemonade on Eminem's albums, and now he's he fucking huge, bro. Now he's doing like pop records and top one hundred records. Uh, I love to see that man. I like to help. That's why I started HipHopMyWay.com. The whole website it was all about trying to help new artists. To, to uh to learn uh, like to not make the mistakes I made a lot of us made and also to learn about business learn about marketing learn about branding yourself as a brand and longevity you know, I'm glad I did I, I think if I didn't do it the way I did I'd be not to say I'm the most relevant person in the world but there's still enough people like who's still checking for me for me to still want to do it if, if it wasn't that many if, if I would know when it's time to, to say you know, let it go you know what I'm saying but it's, a, it's still enough people who, who want to hear my music for me to continue making music 20 years later. And that's a blessing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think there's a value in having a, a cult following. That's how I know I did something right. I did something yeah. right. You know what I'm saying? I think if, if I could choose, it's great to have a mainstream audience, but it, I feel mainstream audiences, they go where the mainstream goes. Yeah. So you've got a that's cult it. following. So what's pop is pop. Whatever's yeah. popular. You know, whatever's popular is but when you're not popular, they'd be like, fuck you. But you've got a cult following. So no matter what you do, whether, you know, mm. you've got 10,000, 100,000 people that's just going to be down with you, no yeah. matter what you do, as opposed yeah. to the, the million that are be so like, oh, what's going on over there? Oh, I might come. I might check it out, you know? Yeah. And, and you know what? I've been able to sustain and take care of myself and take care of my life for all these years without having to resort to crime or resort to, you know, and maintain a lifestyle that no, I'm not. Let me maintain a lifestyle that I'm comfortable with, 
And you know, I, I, I you know, it, it's been a blessing. And I've been mm. able to say, like, I could play my music for my kids. My kids are old enough to understand now. They go on YouTube themselves now. So now when they check out Daddy, ain't nothing up there I ain't proud of. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I have one song. I have, I have one song I took off YouTube that I wouldn't want my kids to see. No fair. Fair. The, 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 I think I think the other thing to point to add to that is you kept your sanity and mental health because that can do that, that could do a lot to a lot of people in this oh, business. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Oh, so fame, fame is a drug, man. Fame is a fame is a fame is a fucked up drug. But you know what? I, I was so prison because I because I did have that prison experience. I knew how fucked up shit could be, life could be. So it when you get hot and you get cold, you still kind of like hot. To, when you come from where I come from, you like I ain't in prison, I got my freedom. I'm still, you know what I mean, I, I'm still making money. So um, a person might look at you on the outside and be like, "Oh, Saigon fell off. That nigga ain't. He's irrelevant." But to me, I'm still over here. Like this shit is lit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm no, so so it's it's all about it's all subjective and it's all per, it's all per, uh, perception. You know what I mean? I hear you. I hear you. We got one last question for you. Uh-huh. Now I, I'm gonna sign up to the. Let's say there was a school of Brian Carinard, right? I'm gonna yeah. sign up. What are a couple of the books and films that would be part of your curriculum at the School of Saigon? What's essential book, for someone like me? This book would be number one, of course. Absolutely, pain, peace, pain, and prosperity. Peace and prosperity. You'd have to read pain, peace, and prosperity first, and then I would I would suggest the miseducation of the Negro. I would suggest uh, Superman the Man. I would suggest uh, um, Uncle Yaya, Man of Wisdom. So I would suggest those four or five books. And films, I would suggest Drum, a film called Drum. I would suggest a film called Cooley High. I would suggest a film called Boys in the Hood. I would suggest a film called, what else? It got banned this shit. They banned it. They banned it in the States. It was about sl- a slave revolution. Okay. A slave revolt. I'll, I'll do a Google search and when I find it, I'll put it in the episode notes. Yeah, it was about slave revolt. They banned it from the theaters and all surprise, that. Surprise, surprise, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm going to think of it as soon as we hang um, up to it. Sa- Saigon, when can we get the book? Because while, while you guys were talking, I was on... Uh, I, um, I buy, you, I, uh, right now, you can order it on Amazon. You can get it on Amazon right now. So I'm on Amazon right now. I'm buying it right okay, now. Cool. Buying it right Thank now. Thank you, man. I appreciate your support. I appreciate your support, man. No, of course. It's on Prime, so it comes tomorrow. Perfect. Yeah, I'll, I'll do. I'll do the same. Thank you, man. Appreciate that. Appreciate it. It need. I need. I need more space on my on my uh, on my bookcase. I need more space on my bookcase. Put, yeah. It makes it move something over. You got to scoop something over a little bit. Uh, Talib Kweli said on an ad, uh, a podcast that. If he goes to your house uh-huh. and he don't see any books, he can't trust you. So I'm trying to I'm trying to build up the library here. I'm trying to be trustworthy out here, you know. Why is why would he say that? It was um I think he was referring to someone. When I say trustworthy, I don't mean he literally can't trust you. But I think he's I think books in a home is someone who's trying to seek knowledge and get information. But we gotta he gotta understand it's 2020. You know, Talib people own the bookstore. He's he's fucking all booked out. People read yeah. on the internet. People get information online nowadays. Niggas got tablets. Talib. Audio, audio books. <laughs> Niggas got and tablets, books. bro. Yeah. Niggas read on Kindle. Niggas got information, bro. True, true, true. Yeah. Some people don't want a big-ass bookshelf in their house, bro. It takes up space. <laughs> <laughs> Saigon, we really appreciate you for for your time. It's It's been an honor. And um, from, from, from one black man to another, I want to say the impact that The Greatest Story Never Told had on me. I remember being in the office and I heard it on your MySpace page and I always said to myself that if I ever have children, particularly a son, it will be yeah. one of the albums I would play for them and Thank listen you, to with them. I feel like it's a manual for life with so many jewels and um, Thank you, man. really appreciate it. You got to check out this new shit, man, because even though there's, some, it's, I'm not going to lie, I don't go super ignorant on it. It's a lot of jewels on it. And it's, a lot of, it's a lot of perception. It's a lot of um. I think people are gonna enjoy this project. I think people are really gonna understand why I'm a little different than most artists. You know mm. what I'm saying? Now we appreciate you for for being different, definitely, and um, for speaking up, speaking up on our behalf, and you know, just yeah, being so you. Respect. 
It's all out, man. I'm glad. I'm glad we got a chance to get it done, man. I'm sorry it took so long. I just been. Nah, we do a thousand things, you know what I'm saying? Sai, we're here now. We, I understand we're here now. Just make sure you keep cooking up with Just, because I That's need right. Just. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, he's on He's on a new project. So I like to hear. Pain, Peace, and Prosperity. Just, just Blaze is on there. Oh, man, I play that Just Blaze shit. Nah, I yeah, no, no, save it. No, 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 play it, play it. <laughs> nah, I'm not playing that. I'll play a different one. Nah, I ain't doing it. I'll play some Kanye shit. Play some Kanye shit. Yeah, give, give us the world exclusive. Play some Kanye shit. I'm gonna I'm do it real quick. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I see Summit with the with the with the leaning stance. He's ready, rubbing his beard. I'm listening. I'm listening. Nah, I'm. I'm I, listen. I don't. I don't ever. I don't ever text Just. But I might have to text Just and say I need that Saigon. Just man, I know you don't. Don't text Just and say that because <laughs> I had to beg that nigga for that record, bro. <laughs> I like. I had to beg that nigga, bro. No, no, don't do that. You don't do that. You don't understand. Just don't put out a lot of music. So when is when he's got music out, you gotta be you gotta be pretty damn special. He comes and out like, like twice a year now. When he comes out, I know it's time. Nah, just just and he's earned that too. This is this is some Kanye. Sh- nah, damn. I right, here go on. You're teasing. He's teasing. Check it out. It's some smooth shit. Okay, y'all go put y'all go fuck up my surprises, man. That's enough. That's an, that's a snippet. Yo, listen, this, this back in the day, yeah. look, look, you come from that era too. Back in the day, you might have a little snippet in a video, like to go. This, yeah, this, snippet. This. Yeah, you got to get back to, now, niggas. Your whole song now, whole song is a snippet. <laughs> nigga make a TikTok video doing this dumb shit. <laughs> oh. That beat that that beat though. Grown, grown ass men doing it. Grown ass men is like yo. <laughs> The fuck is going on with the world, bro? That beat took me back to the um the old Kanye per se. Yeah, that yeah, that, these, these are old. These beat he gave me these beats in 01. These beats are wow. so old. Okay, fire, though, fire. All right. Fire. Stop messing around, man. Just put out a Kanye West EP, man. Just yeah. One day, one day. I got a lot of shit in the pipeline. You got a lot of shit in the pipeline. Yo, we'll host that for you. Yo, man, y'all, y'all gotta um get me, get me lit. I, I, I wanna really, I really wanna get the music out in the UK, man. I wanna make sure the people out there get this music because I know I got a lot of support. I always got a lot of support in the UK, and I want them, to, I want them to get this music. This is an album for UK niggas, bro. Like, trust me. I know what I know what UK niggas. I know what UK niggas fuck with. They fuck with like the street shit and the, the real, the real shit. Okay. Well, let's let's talk. Like they they gonna appreciate this one. They gonna appreciate that. Everybody gonna appreciate this. Mm, mm, mm. I'm proud of no, you. no, de- definitely, definitely. We'll definitely spread yeah. the word. We'll definitely spread the word, and we should summit. We should holler at um DJ Snips. Yeah, holler, at, holler at everybody, man. Let them niggas know y'all father's coming. Y'all father's back, man. We got you, brother. We got you. Yeah, man. Listen, appreciate your time, man. Bless you, man. Indeed, indeed, man. Y'all stay up, man. Keep it real. You heard? Thank you so much. Duck the suckers, duck the suckers. That's the slogan for 2021. Duck the suckers, man. We sucker ducking. Peace and love, man. Peace to Saigon for what can only be described as a nerdy moment for both of us. To hear what we just heard, snippet and all, for Sai to to do that for us is incredible. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah, and I'm really excited. You're, you're right. You know, you know what it is, bro. It's really made me think about how much amazing music we have yet to hear. How much amazing music is sat on hard drives around the world that we may never get to hear. It makes me thankful and sad at the same time. Yeah, yeah, because it's at some point some of this stuff will come out. Yeah. Um, but we haven't heard it yet. But this, it's, like Saigon said, it's all time. Mm. It's timing. I just, time will have it. I just hope it's not going to be uh, the situation where, you know, he's no longer with us and then people start, you know, diving into the hard drives and and putting out music and whatnot. You know, dead rappers get better promotion. But just by the beats he played, those Kanye West beats, that's, that's the old Kanye. That's college dropout, late registration, twister, overnight celebrity Kanye. And it also fits Saigon. 
Like it's it's the the sound like everything about it mm-hmm. just feels like storytelling Saigon like talking the talking that knowledge right yeah on his on his cipher talking that knowledge I think wow let's hope that stuff comes out but overall though I thought it was um, a really informative interview there were points where I stayed quiet because I was listening and I think sometimes some podcasters you know and this is not to speak negatively negatively of people it's like Carl Lamar said they want to be the star. But he was talking and I was reflecting on my own journey, listening to Mm. him. And I'm starting to think about my friends and my people that are behind the walls right now. So it's made me, it's made me really humble. It's made me reflect. But what I love about him the most is that his message has evolved, but it stayed the same. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point. Yes. You know, oftentimes we say keep the same energy and it's become this kind of catchy slogan. You know, a lot of people mm. say keep the same energy even when they're wrong, but his message is consistent and I respect that. That's not to say I will agree with everything he says, but I think I think his heart's in the right place and he speaks he speaks from an honest place and I can respect that and back it. Yeah, I respect, yeah, I agree. I, I agree and I think we need more of that because then we can learn from one another We can, and it's okay to disagree with one another as long as it's done in a more constructive manner, right? Rather than belittling one another true, because true. we don't share the view that's the i think some of the problem we have currently is that if someone doesn't share your view and and you're in your echo chamber you almost disown them or feel like they're not part of you anymore and like you're, cancel you them. cancel them because you don't agree with them that's not how things should be we have to evolve the debate some sort it's okay you don't agree with someone or don't you know don't share their views but understand their perspective understand their intent and understand where the heart is coming from and i think with side on is that same thing i think we could sit there and have a conversation about philosophy culture rap music and agree and disagree and and still be like yo let's have let's let's have some do say you know i gotta share a joke with you <laughs> i was listening to the um the david lockwin episode and there's a part in that episode where you made me laugh at why you was like when we were talking about like russell peters mm-hmm. and you were like oh my god i love russell yeah i do I love Russell. I love him so much. I love Russell. Bro, you had me on the floor. I'm like, why is this man behaving in such a fashion? Nah, because I love the man. I love Russell. Nah, because you got in style. I love love Russell. I I love him, bro. I love... You you sound like Dave Chappelle doing Prince there. You know? No, I love Russell. I love him. Oh, I love Russell. No, bro. I love... Calm down, Nah, 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 nah. We stand out. I don't care, man. I love Russell. Nah, it's true. It's true. But I love... I love Russell. You have to understand. I love that guy, man. Like he, he nah, you made it very clear. Nah, I love that. Like seriously, like it, you made it very clear. Russell, Russell Peters, and Just Blaze. I know exactly how to move around them. Yeah, man. Yeah, I because don't. Because of you, <laughs> I don't. Um, no, the, the, I think the funny thing about this one was when uh, when I said, "Should I text Just?" Which I wouldn't. Um, yeah, he was he, like, no, no, "No, no, don't do that. Don't do that." <laughs> he, he said, shut I had that to beg him. He said, "No, no, 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 no." He said, "No, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that." He was serious too. Nah, don't this, do that. Look, this was a really good episode. Um, really appreciate Saigon's time. Um, yeah, man, I don't, I don't know what else to say. We'll wrap this one up, right? We'll wrap this one up. But as always, you can follow us on social at Break the Atoms Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Chris's handle is I am kinetic. Mine is at Hip Hop Chronicle. We appreciate each and every one of you. We've got more episodes coming. Uh, everyone from around the world listening, tuned in, getting us in the top 20 of charts from across the world. Flex. We appreciate Flex. you. Now, we don't have to say all Absolutely. the... We don't have to go out and say on every time on social, which I guess we should because that's a thing to do, but that's not who we are in some in some ways. Sometimes we'll do it, we'll do it with feeling. You know what? But, you know what I'm going to say to you, bro, before, before we close up? It's one thing for someone to listen to a three-minute song or a 30-minute album or whatever, but when people can sit down and give you an hour or 45 minutes of their day... That's not something I take lightly at all. So I, I want to say thank you because that's people sharing their day and their lives with us. It's, it's not a joke. We're not entitled to anything. We don't own anyone. Producers don't own samples or loops and we don't own people or their ears. So I'm very, very appreciative and humbled by that. No, I, I think I think that's that's 100% right. And I, I agree with you. I think that's sometimes more important than any accolade or any chart success. People giving their time yes. is so much more important because the one thing we don't get is time. Mm. Once you've lost time, yeah. that's it. Now I'm, I'm I'm big on that. I don't know what it is like. I get really anal about 
like losing time okay because i feel like i can't get it back and i need a way to work on that but i think it's a really really powerful point but now nah, man i appreciate you everyone stay safe out there look after your loved ones until next time peace, peace.